The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown. To zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Zero Waste Countdown podcast and radio show. Today, I'm in Philadelphia at the new Metrics Conference, and I'm sitting down with Julie Hancher, and she is the co-founder and editor of Green Philly. So thank you so much for sitting down with me. Thanks for having me here. Awesome. So we are going to find out all about Philadelphia and sustainability and also what you do. So let's start with Green Philly. So you started this uh, quite a while ago. So tell us a little bit about it and, and what it is. Sure. So Green Philly is a media organization that connects people to sustainable solutions through our website, events, and podcast, City Rising. Cool. So Green Philly started in 2008 because my employer was taking our recycling bins that were at every person's desk, you know, that were, there's a trash recycling bin, but they were throwing all the recycling contents into the trash. Yeah. So I was traumatized. I call it Recyclegate <laughs> 2008. <laughs> as this like moment that you know there was something that I thought should be so easy accessible and just easy for people to understand Mm -hmm. which was recycling and 11 years later it still isn't as easy as I thought it should be then but you know ultimately everything we do on behalf of Green Philly whether it's writing content and sharing people's stories to hosting events or having people on our podcast we're really just trying to make sustainability accessible, easy, and low cost for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think communication is so important. I say this a lot because Mm -hmm. people want to do the right thing. And I just don't think people know that they're doing the wrong thing when it comes to, you Mm -hmm. know, recycling. Oh, it doesn't really matter if I just throw this in the garbage because it gets taken away from my life anyway. So who cares if it gets taken away in the blue box or the green bag, Mm -hmm. right? But then You know, when you actually really start to delve into what landfill is and where things end up in the ocean, then it it becomes, you know, important to people, I think. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. the communication part is is very important. And so you have a podcast. Yes, I do. Yeah. So where can people find that on? So it's on, yeah, everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, City Rising. So the first season was really comparing how different cities were addressing climate solutions. And this current season, which we haven't begun yet, but we'll uh, we'll basically be diving into how people, organizations, and you know, government is trying to solve the climate crisis. So it's your second. You're entering your second season, okay. correct? Yeah. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. And so, did you focus on a lot of different cities, or did you mainly focus in Philadelphia, or the first? season we did one episode in philly and then a different city with the same topic so we do something like zero waste in philadelphia versus san francisco um or buildings in philadelphia versus pittsburgh to try to give that different perspective of how different leaders are doing similar things but maybe with different solutions Mm -hmm. so that was the first season for that Cool. Mm -hmm. So tell us about Philadelphia. Um, I don't know if you've been here, if you're listening or watching, um, (laughs) but so far I think it's a beautiful city. I'm very impressed with it. I didn't see a zero waste store. I kind of Googled that. (laughs) So I don't think there's one here yet. Not yet. Yeah. Thanks for saying Philadelphia is lovely because we usually get a very dirty reputation, unfortunately. Yeah. It's actually, there's a long history of Philadelphia having a 
trash and dirty reputation, unfortunately. Really? Mm-hmm. I think all cities that I go to, I see lots of trash mm-hmm. <laughs> everywhere. So yeah. maybe just because we're in the right downtown area, maybe yeah. we don't see it as much or something. Yeah, and luckily this they are calling it the Fashion District now, which is where we're out of the Lowe's Hotel at 12th and Market. And they've done a really good revitalization effort that actually just started a couple months ago, officially, um, or debuted a couple months ago, I should say. Okay. But yeah, Philly has a lot of really cool neighborhoods. It has a lot of diverse neighborhoods. And, you know, there's some very lovely parts of the city. And then there's just a lot of, you know, I think due to the city of the size, we're also the largest poorest city in the U.S., so because of that, there are some problems with trash and waste and the other mm-hmm. things. Yeah. So what else can you tell us about Philadelphia? So like, is the city council interested in waste or sustainability at all? So it's interesting. Philadelphia started a campaign in 2008 called Greenworks to have a goal of making Philly the most sustainable city in the U.S. Uh, it was Mayor Nutter at the time, and that was coincidentally <laughs> the same year we started Green Philly. So I had a lot of cool content to write about, you know, and they had some really awesome accomplishments. Like they went from something like 10 or 13 farmers markets to over 80 in the city. Wow. Yeah. And then they added bike lanes. Yeah. It was like they had something like, you know, I can't remember the exact number. It was like almost 200 goals across 10 or 15 categories. Oh, good. And some of it was, I don't want to say like easy wins, but, you know, they um, started a tree program. So Philadelphia residents can get a free tree for the yard, which is awesome. Yeah. So they have a really, yeah, a lot of cool stuff that came out of that. You know what? I read this report that if you have lots of trees on a street, it's like better for everyone's mental health. Mm -hmm. But like, of course, oxygen and like cleaning the air, especially if you're in a big city where there's like more pollution and stuff like that. So I think that that's a really great program to hear about. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if you knew this, but also if you're outside with nature within 20 minutes, your blood pressure lowers, your stress level is lowered as well. So there's a lot of mental health benefits. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I live in like the woods basically in Canada. So That's awesome. I must, but I feel like sometimes I'm stressed a lot too anyway. Maybe not out there, but. Yeah. Just walk um, outside in the woods and you're feeling more stressed. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. And then there's uh there's like a litter guy or something. In yeah. So we. <laughs> what's, it, what's his title? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love it. We have a zero waste and litter director named li- Nick Esposito. Nice. Yeah. A zero waste and litter director. Correct. Yeah. That's and awesome. he's great. Yeah. Nick's awesome. Um, he's a really interesting guy. He also has a bookstore um, or a publishing company. Wow. So he actually started in Parks and Recreation in Philly. And um, basically when he was trying to talk to the guys, you know, that were on his team about, you know, going in and cleaning, I don't say cleaning the woods, but, you know, doing the work in the park oftentimes their number one complaint was you know we have a lot of trash here we have to clean up like before we even get to our real work so mm-hmm. basically he i don't say he created the role but the role is created more or less that he is now in as a zero waste and litter director so the city has a goal to i think be zero waste by 2035 but with that, you know, they recently introduced a plastic bag ban into city council, which has advanced to the general council. So we'll be voting on that soon. How do you think that's going to go? Well, it's interesting. They took out the one piece that was, you know, it's a plastic bag ban, but then there was initially a 15 cent fee for paper bags. But another council person requested that the fee be removed. So it, From paper bags? From paper bags. So now there's no fee if you get a bag, which is kind of... Um, it's difficult to have that 
you know, there's like an incentive that is even if it's 10 or 15 cents, people don't want to pay it and bring their own bags. They work, right? Yeah. yeah, they do. It's been effective in other cities. So by removing that, it'll be interesting to see how effective it will be. Um, but so I think is the goal to like remove plastic bags entirely and then charge 15 cents for the paper bags? Essentially, yeah. That's I interesting. So. I don't think I've seen that legislation before. Yeah, so I don't know what will happen. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. We'll have to watch out for that. If it gets passed at all, because I know a lot of the bag bans don't end up getting passed in the end. Yeah, I think I mentioned this when we were talking last evening at the reception, but um, actually worked on plastic bag legislation in 2014 for a year or two. We so For Philadelphia? Yeah, so oh, wow. we started in a green Philly as a whim just to say, we want to have a petition to ban plastic bags. I think it's important. They end up in our streams and you know trees and it's a very big litter problem they kill animals directly right Mm -hmm. if they get into someone's stomach or whatever yeah they're like a bad problem that people don't really realize and it's all the end of use that's really the big problem right yeah exactly so we worked on that campaign and i had that opportunity to work on legislation and i would say luckily i've stepped away from that side of it it's an important side of work but you know we're focusing on communication with green philly so it was funny though because just seeing even one legislation in one city, how much the plastic industry comes out and, you know, there's a lot of resistance to legislation like this and we're trying to all do the right thing, ultimately. So were you kind of working on your legislation and then, like, people from the lobby industry were kind of, like, popping up or something and being like, hey, like, we're going to More or less, you. yes. We had a coalition wow. of environmental groups in Philadelphia that all worked on it together. Good. So you had so, lots of support. And- yeah. And I yeah. still support. They have a litter-free coalition now, so we mm-hmm. have been highlighting what they've been doing. They actually did um, with Mural Arts, which is a arts organization, nonprofit in Philly. They had a billboard campaign where they got people who are on behalf of Mural Arts and city advocates that basically would take pictures pictures with their reusable bags. So I was actually in a billboard in North Philadelphia, which is a yeah fun. uh, Fun experience. I didn't know they were going to make billboards out of it. They didn't tell me that at first. That's awesome. So you saw your face on a billboard, like, driving yeah. by? That's so, so crazy. Actually, my former intern let me know that she saw it, and then I went up and saw it. But it was a pretty, pretty funny experience. Yeah. I can't imagine seeing, like, my face on a billboard or something. That yeah. would be pretty crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about the, like, working on the legislation. Like, did you have to do research and research other cities that had enforced it? Um, did you have to look at like consequences and fines? Like it's probably a pretty complex issue. Yeah. So the Clean Air Council and specifically an attorney here, Logan Weldy, worked on the campaign. He's actually the one. He's still the person whose legislation was just in city council. So he worked on that from 2014 for the past five or six years at this point. Um, a long time, yeah. Yeah, so he did a lot of research to figure out what other cities were doing, what yeah. was effective, you know, reduction rates, why that was. And I know he's worked very hard to make that a reality and actually have it introduced in 2019. So, you know, I think oftentimes in the environmental movement, too, we think about these instant results, but sometimes we really do have to think of the long-term end goals and that things take time and 
effort like everything else in life. Mm-hmm. And the big theme here at New Metrics is that big changes mm-hmm. are needed. And sometimes I get stuck focusing on the little changes because it's such a big problem mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, I can't solve everything right now, but I can, you know, stop using plastic bags. I can stop drinking out of water bottles. Like there's all these little changes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then if like giant companies made those little changes, mm-hmm. then it would just be on such a mass scale yeah that those little changes could be giant giant changes right Mm -hmm. yeah we interviewed a grocery chain Wegmans in their um oh Wegmans yeah Yeah. are you familiar with Wegmans Um, yeah because we did a show uh with someone from New York uh, Mm. from upstate New York about Mm -hmm. composting and he was had Mm. really good things to say about Wegmans yeah it was cool they actually had a zero waste initiative as a company and something that really struck out to me was the one guy was like, you know, if we have zero waste for this one store, I think the traffic was something like 50,000 people a day come into that store. No, it was some, that's huge. It was, maybe it was a week, but it was an astronomical <laughs> number that you would be like, there's this many people that go to the grocery store? Maybe It must be maybe a weekly number, but it was still huge. huge. Yeah. And then if you do think of that, of like that exact thing, right? Like there's all these people who can have a difference in one location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can make a big difference. So, so Wegmans is trying to, how how could they do that as a grocery store? Because like food is so packaged these days, right? Yeah, I think a lot of it is behind the counter. So when they're prepping their foods, um, you know, they have a lot that I think people, um, they're like hot bar area. I can't think of what that's called. Oh, like where they serve lunch and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So when they prepare food. Basically, rather than saying, you know, they cut the veggie ends and that goes into the trash, they basically have a compost unit, like right there. Um, So I think it's implementing those types of things, thinking about ways to reduce our plastic. Um, Okay, so more like their trash output, mm -hmm. more so than like my trash output if I go to buy something from there. So they could still sell packaging. And I think that's a challenge because consumers have a lot of choices and there's a lot of different packaging. So for... You know, I think it's oftentimes easier for a company or, you know, a store, for example, to do things behind the house. And then if they do it up front, there's a lot more contamination possibilities. So the consumer has to make that decision, you know, that it can go in trash recycling or composting if those bins are all available. So one, the communication is obviously very important. And then two, limiting the options. I know our most popular way people find our website is where to recycle objects yeah and you know things seem right with plastic right but then they're like those weird milk like oh those cartons cartons. yeah Yeah, because they have plastic in them so then people are like this isn't plastic this isn't paper yeah so how do you do that you know does philadelphia recycle those cartons philadelphia does recycle those good yeah Mm -hmm. we do too and i don't know how or like why or like <laughs> I don't know how, how what they're doing with it because it's two kind of materials it's like mm-hmm. either a wax or a PE actually I think it's a PET lining yeah and then uh, fiber so we put mm-hmm. them in with our paper oh so you have separate you don't have a single stream no we have like ends? two streams yeah mm. so we have like the plastic and cans and stuff go together and hmm. then paper is separate and then cardboard we're supposed to even put separate than that and then uh. glass we're supposed to put like on t- on top kind of so they can like put the glass in first but yeah but yeah, we try and separate it. Well, out. sorry. No, I was going to say that way there's less contamination. It's actually a better way. That's what they to do say. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, I th- I'm not sure if it's harder or if people are like more engaged with it when they can separate it mm-hmm. more so than just everything goes in a bin. I'm not sure which is better. But we also have people that are hand sorting mm. up where I live. So it's like easier for them um, mm-hmm. if things are sorted out more so than like with the machine. Because you guys are probably using like lasers and. 
stuff like that? Yeah, so we do tours. We actually did a tour in August at our local, you know, the materials recovery facility at yeah. Waste Management. And that was cool. I've been to several before. I went to one in San Francisco in March. I've been to the one in Philadelphia. And they basically, it's like this huge conveyor system of all the different types. And then, you know, it's by weight or sometimes there's like magnets that get yeah. certain materials up. So yeah. it's wild to watch. But, yeah. you know, as you're mentioning, there's also or, you know, a lot of contamination because, you know, if something gets into the wrong sector, is something smaller than a credit card. So even though like paper's recyclable, if it's a tiny piece of paper, it still can like basically be pushed to the side and into the trash because the it's too tiny for the like the conveyor belts to find that. If that Which makes is sense. a problem with straws and mm-hmm. plastic forks and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. So they have like a at ours they have like a bit of a mountain of like things that fall down mm-hmm. and then it just goes to landfill. Yep. Um, Same thing. Which has to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Do you guys recycle styrofoam? No, I think there are some like special programs and I they used to, and last time I checked, they did have this. There's one drop-off in the Northeast Philadelphia at a sanitation convenience center that you can drop off um, styrofoam, but I think that's one thing that's very tricky because most people aren't going to take, like, you know, if you get that rare piece of styrofoam, like, driving out of your way, yeah. or, you know, I don't drive anymore. Um, I don't have a car anymore, so uh-huh. then for me, yeah, I went car-free when I started working for myself four and a half years ago oh cool yeah how do you find it is it easy to get around philadelphia without a car it is and plus it's things like Zipcar, where you can rent cars for a couple of hours if you need to it's pretty convenient overall and i don't think the weather is like too freezing cold here right it's more rain than snow so. it is it can get kind of cold it just depends on year and season yeah so when you did the episode with philadelphia and san francisco right you said you were comparing them so we did one episode with Philadelphia and then one was San Francisco. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you find that they're a lot different? Like, because I've said this before in the episodes, but I find the West Coast is very environmental Mm -hmm. and like into sustainability. And my theory is just that it's so beautiful out there. Not saying that this is not beautiful, but like there's (laughs) mountains and oceans and people just love to get outside more and do outdoor things. So I think they love the outdoors a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So did you find differences? Like is San Francisco better at dealing with waste and sustainability? Two things that San Francisco had that were really cool is one that they had composting that was curbside. And basically they show it in the bill that basically I think it's cheaper people and I would have to go back and listen, but basically they see on their bill there's like a cost for their trash versus recycling and composting. So they like think about it, right? Because you're like seeing that there's a difference for that. So that's one cool thing because we do not have curbside pickup for composting. Nowhere? Like there's no private? We do have private companies that are 10 or 15 or $18 a month. I uh, do that. I know a lot of people that do, but yeah. Um, but I think some people, even though it's a small amount, are just like, I don't want to pay for that. I shouldn't. It's going to go to the trash for free, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing that San Fran does that's really cool. And then another thing was they had a clothing recycling program in different apartment buildings. Oh, cool. So that was a cool thing because they know in Philly you can drop it off at stores like H&M have clothing recycling. Really? Yes. And like Madewell and some other companies. But... Once again, it's people who are likely seeking out those solutions and already engaged versus if you're putting it where someone lives, then maybe it's a lot easier just to say, oh, there's a bin for this. I can put that there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you have to do things for people, I mm-hmm. think, which is the point of like city councils and stuff. But yeah. it just depends on how much you know you want to make taxpayers 
pay for things to try and get people to put things in the right mm-hmm. spots and yeah um what else was I going to ask about Philly is there is there like like challenges specific to the city yeah I think we do have an unfortunately high litter problem especially in the outside of center city neighborhoods yeah. um which has a lot of complicated causes for one you know, if people put their recycling in paper bags or our recycling bins don't have a lid. So if it rains, if it's windy, they can, you know, when the convenient sanitation convenience people are picking up the recycling, if that, you know, if they, something falls out of the bin, that ends up as litter on the street. Some people pick it up, but, you know, sometimes they don't. You know, I think another problem just in general is that, you know, there are some people who will just drop trash on the ground, which is yeah. wild to think about. And then... We have that too. Yeah. But we have both of those problems, really? I'd say. Huh. Yeah, the recycling truck's pretty bad. It, it, it drops things all over oh. our roads. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, like, high school kids <laughs> just, like, drop bottles and, and yeah. stuff. And they just don't really know, right? Yeah. I think that's... Yeah, it's kind of a interesting... I think it's almost an apathy to an extent where people see, especially if their neighborhood is more dirty. Actually, Philadelphia piloted a litter index. So we, the city took a survey of the city and said how much litter is in each neighborhood. And they literally numbered it like one to four. I think one was the latest and four was the most intense or highest quantity of litter. So it tended to be in low-income neighborhoods that had the most litter problems. And the other thing is we don't have, there are some street sweeping programs, but if there are people who clean streets, like, uh, you know, workers, mm-hmm. oftentimes it's hired by a neighborhood group. So center Not city district, city. correct. Yeah. So oh. it's private. Huh. So the neighborhoods that have more money, the business districts can pay for those workers. And some of the other neighborhoods don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. So it's a complicated issue. Interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just thought it would have all been like taxpayer funded, but I guess in a way that's it's interesting because good. Philly, Thanks. yeah, we have a lot of uh, complex problems, and I think yeah. I, it's not as easy to sum up in a couple of war sentences. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, but, but Philly has a lot of uh, thrift shops too, right? Yeah, we have a really cool thrift scene um, and consignment shops. I do think there is a really nice movement of people who are adopting zero waste, understanding sustainability. We have a lot of people who do care and bring their own bags and are shopping in bulk. There's actually a zero waste group on Facebook where people trade tips. And then it's cool too, because there's a lot of entrepreneurs here. So there's a guy who just started a business that wants to pick up the things you can't typically put in a recycling bin and then go to the right place. So your things like styrofoams mm-hmm. or even pens and markers that you couldn't recycle in single stream. And he will, for a service, you know, you can either have a bucket and he can pay per bucket pickup or it could be like a weekly or monthly service. And he's also, he'll be at some of our events in Philly to pick up some people who are attending, you know, their odd recycling like light bulbs or things that just can't go in the bin otherwise. Oh, that's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was hoping that there would be a zero waste store here, but uh, not yet. But maybe one day, right? <laughs> I know. I told my friends, I'm like, I have all the ideas. I obviously can't do a lot more than I'm already doing. <laughs> but I think a zero waste store is a very cool idea. But there's a lot of really cool local places. So I always suggest shopping local, you know, and mm-hmm. not having the plastic wrapping in the first place. So yeah. I go to the farmer's market. Yeah. They also started doing, which was new to me. I don't know if that's already in where you are in Canada, but 
the farmers will have their greens and lettuce like in a thing and you tab the clip and you can put it in your own bag and weigh it. So basically oh, like per weight, yeah. which is cool because then you don't have to worry about packaging if it's like the loose, tinier lettuce and mm-hmm. uh, the kale and stuff. So there's that. There's kitchen stores that have bamboo sets. And then, you know, there's a lot of nice things happening. Yeah. So if you know where to go, you don't really need that like one stop shop. You can mm-hmm. kind of just go and support many businesses, which is kind of better. Yeah. For the community anyway. Right. If you can find those places. Yeah. And another thing that I always tell people when thinking about where to shop is when you're spending money in your local community, twice as much of the dollars are staying local. So you're also investing in local workers, you know, the local schools and the tax um you know taxpayer dollars so it's basically going back into the community versus a big box store or you know shipping from international companies that you know one creates way more waste of packaging and then has a larger carbon footprint um Mm -hmm. and your money isn't staying in the community when you're not shopping locally yeah jeff bezos has like this space program where he wants to build like some wheel in space or something and like i always think like why don't you just pay your workers like a bit better and like yeah (laughs) building the space wheel (laughs) yeah that's the thing right and i think people are pointing out that amazon doesn't pay corporate taxes and they're you know still with these tax write-offs which is wild because you know i just think there's a lot of americans especially that want more jobs and better paying jobs especially Mm -hmm. the gig economy And I think if we were better at supporting our own community and local people and had some of these things in place, it would solve a lot of the problems that we're talking about at a larger level, but not addressing local solutions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a big fan of shopping local. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, too, if things are made locally, then you don't have the transportation carbon footprint as well of like bringing them in with Mm -hmm. ships or... Or, or anything like that. But that's hard to find these days because there's not as many, like, makers and stuff. I mean, I'm sure there We have are, a huge but... scene here. Oh, good. Which is awesome. Good. So, yeah. Like clothing and, like, do people mm-hmm. make clothing and stuff here? Is there an industry? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a nice thing. There's a lot of people who are, you know, we have a um, the Kitchen Garden series, I want to say. She um, creates her own kitchen linen so whether you need napkins or like aprons which is really beautiful and handmade they're not made from plastic um so she has a really cool industry her name's Heidi Barr in Philadelphia cool and you know the farmer's markets when I go it's not just you know fruits and veggies there's like the local beer guy and local wine and local whiskey you can do that I feel like that would be illegal in my city probably to just sell sell alcohol in the street yeah I mean (laughs) you know it's a little bit more not just like on the corner (laughs) That'd be cool to see you yeah. Your local like oh, whiskey really guy cool. on the corner. <laughs> Get your whiskey. Yeah, but then you know they have like the jams and everything that's really you know the local breads and everything. So it's nice. Wow. I'll go to the farmers market on Sunday, and they have this like beautiful focaccia, and I'll come home and make like a sandwich in the morning, and that'll be my treat. Oh, um, so good. Probably lots yeah. of desserts too. Are there people making like oh yeah pies, that kind chocolate, of like all the things. All the things. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So cool. that's fun. That sounds really cool. So if I want to go to one, are they just on weekends or something? Or You can check. Um, I know Farm to City has a website that has stuff. I'm sure I can tell you. I know there's one actually in Rittenhouse today. But yeah, I can send you a list of 
cool. Farmers yeah, markets. It and sounds stuff. really cool to check out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're very important for communities, so it's good to hear. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me, Julie. This has been pretty awesome. Yeah, thanks for talking. I'm glad to connect that new metrics this week. So your website, it's just greenphilly.com? It's actually or? the greencities.com. The greencities.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then your podcast is called City Rising. So that's on iTunes, Spotify, and all everywhere else where you download podcasts. City Rising, awesome. Cool. That is Julie Hancher. She's the co-founder and editor of Green Philly. Some other things I found around Philly while at the New Metrics conference was the Bach building. It's an old high school that's now filled with local companies like Remark Glass, who we featured on the last episode. There's a bakery in there too, a leather worker, a salon, different clothing companies, one of which called Lobo Mao. They used fabric left over in some of their designs to cut back on waste and focused on sustainability in the fashion industry. And I saw Bennett Compost picking up food waste from the bakery in the Bach building. So some really cool sustainability stuff going on in South Philly. There are also lots of glass art murals around town, and I think that's a nice way to repurpose glass waste. And Philly has a thriving thrift store scene as well. The episode was recorded at the New Metric Sustainable Brands Conference in Philadelphia. Did you know you can now find our episodes on YouTube? If you have a YouTube account, please like, subscribe, and comment on there. And if you haven't given us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, please do so. It helps the algorithms push our show up in search results, which means more people will discover the show and more zero-waste solutions will be shared around the world from our amazing guests that we've had on the show. I'm a volunteer at my local college radio station, and I don't make very much money, so if you have a few bucks to spare each month, you can sign up and be a patron on Podbean. There's a little reward button you can click on there. I'm also on Patreon, but I want to keep all my content free for everyone instead of putting it behind a paywall, so... You also can donate directly on the show's website, zerowastecountdown.com. We are a registered nonprofit in Canada called the Zero Waste Countdown Initiative. Thanks for listening, everybody, and thanks to our listeners in America, Canada, Germany, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Spain, and wherever else you're tuning in from. Together, we're going to change the world. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast.